0: I just feel like uh, there's a, like an invitation for a fresh surrender to Jesus, to the name of Jesus. And I could just see, I could just see some of us just so, so hard and, and hurt and not not because of you 're wrong just because of things done to you, just just hurt and pain and things that have wronged you and things that shouldn 't be this way and i just I just felt like I could see some of us just almost like rocks, and it was like like Jesus was folding over you and softening that and just melting like cracking it open, and I think sometimes we forget that. It's Jesus, like he's the only way, the only way out of rage. He's the only way out of anxiety. He's the only way out of just heartache. I just want to put that out there. If there's, if there's anyone here that just needs to be reminded, like, it is Jesus. Jesus is the answer for that thing that rages in you that you wish wasn't there. I just feel like there's just an invitation, like just a fresh surrender whether your beef is with a person or whether your beef is with God, I feel like there's just an invitation for you to just come before him with all of it and experience the power of his name to break every stronghold, to to release freedom, to release joy, to release peace that maybe you haven't felt internally in a really long time. And so we're going to kind of close this time, but I, if, if that's you in this house and you're just like, I, I have that thing, I'm, I'm not going to make you come forward today, but if you would just like put your hand on your heart, I just want to pray that Jesus would just encounter you in that spot that you would, you would have a fresh revelation of his, of his goodness this morning that, and and just by, by changing changing something, you know, like putting your hand on your heart is, is saying I'm surrendering to Jesus. I'm, I'm allowing him into that place. I, I, I want his healing. And so God right now, would you just encounter our hearts? Lord, those places that have been so broken by our life circumstances or by people or by your church or, or even by the things that we thought you should have done and you didn't do. Lord, would you crawl into those places and begin to soften it? Would you begin to break rage and anxiety and depression in hearts that have been enslaved to it? In Jesus' name. Lord, we just surrender afresh to your Lordship and, and we confess our need for you, our Savior Jesus. You're the only one. You're the only one who can bring healing. You're really the only one who brings lasting comfort. You're the only one who can provide supernatural peace in the middle of all of the chaos raging inside of us. It's you. Jesus remind us of that for anyone in the room that has been so separated from you or far from you would you remind us of who you are and forgive us for not always just letting you in God I thank you that you are our one safe place And so, we surrender again to you. Thank you, Lord, for taking out our stony, stubborn hearts and bringing fresh life and softness there. Holy Spirit, thank you for empowering us to forgive, to open up, and to receive your peace. Thank you, Lord, for transformation. Jesus, only you can take us in our worst spot in a hot mess in one church service and just radically touch us and soften us. And make us new. Jesus, we lift your name on high. We declare our need for you. It's you alone, Jesus. It's your name alone by which we're saved, healed, delivered. It's you, Jesus. So we return to just our need for you and you alone. You guys can be seated.
1: Thank you, Lord. Amen. That was a great uh, lead into our to the to the word today. You'll you'll see um, we're in the book of Exodus. So if you want to turn to Exodus chapter five, that's where we're going to begin today. But the theme is going to going to stay the same. The Lordship of Jesus. You know, I kind of mentioned this last week, but uh, have you uh, have have y'all seen the, the word about kind of revival happening over uh at a campus in Kentucky and, and kind of spreading around? And so isn't that good news? <laughs> and uh we hopefully pray and, and, and ask the Lord to say, Lord, is this, the, is this the next move of God? Is this the next Jesus movement, so to speak? Uh, it's kind of interesting that the, there's also a movie coming out, uh, I believe it's this month, right, uh, or very soon, uh, that's a an account, a historical account of the Jesus revolution, the movement uh, that many of you old people got saved in, <laughs> many of you. People came to the Lord in and got baptized in the Holy Spirit and delivered and all kinds of things. I mean, it's true. They're, they're all you're all old now. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's all a matter of perspective. I know that. So my son thinks I'm super old. So, but God always does a movement mostly among young people. doesn't mean the old people don't get to participate. We get to jump right in and cheer on and be mentors and fathers and mothers and, you know, be the ones that come alongside and say, yes! Because really that's what happened in, in the Jesus movement in the 70s was there, there were some who opened their arms, some who didn't. Some said, no, this is too different, I can't do it. But then there were others that said, no, no, come on in. Everybody's welcome. Let's come on in. I don't care what you look like. I don't care the language you're using. I don't care how you're dressing. I don't care what you smell like. I don't care, you know, what color you are. I don't care what, what status you are in our society. Come on in. And let's meet Jesus and see what he does. I said, so, Lord, do it. Do it in Midland, Lord. Do it in Midland. Do it in Odessa. Lord, let tons of young people come to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us be a part of it, Lord. Let us be a part of it. We don't have to travel. If if God tells you to travel, by all means, go travel. There's nothing wrong with that. But the point isn't to have something happen in one place and everybody goes there. The point is for it to start in one place and spread everywhere. (laughs) That's really what the point of revival is. Sometimes we get it confused. It's a, like it's a cool church meeting that we all attend. It's like, no, it's supposed to spread and go everywhere. And then the, the the work of God, the power of God, the presence of God spreads to other places. It's what happened in all of history when God moved in amazing ways. So uh, we are hopeful, O oh Lord. And we are thanking you for what you've already done and we're asking for you to continue it and to protect it and to guard it and to to expand it lord and to do what you want to do with it lord let no humans get in the way you know the devil the devil really can't stop it the only only people who stop things like that is is humans free will sometimes that old free willy gets loose <laughs> it's only good for the whale i guess so uh, sometimes Some of y'all have got that. Uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be horrible. Um, let's get to the Bible. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, Exodus chapter five. So we've been we've been in Exodus, and you know God sends he encounters Moses, and he he's sending Moses back to uh, Pharaoh to let the people go. And so he has the encounter with God at the burning bush. We looked at that the last couple of weeks at the call of God. So we're going to pick it up here uh, when Moses and Aaron. It says they, they go into Moses or they go into Pharaoh, excuse me. Uh, so it says that in, this is verse one of chapter five, Exodus five. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, "This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says: Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness." And Pharaoh said, "Who's the Lord?" But I should obey Him and let Israel go. I don't know the Lord. I won't let Israel go. Then they said, "The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or He may strike us or He may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, "Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are numerous and you are stopping them from working. And so what happens right after this is it says that Pharaoh doubled their workload. He made it harder on the people. And so they begin to cry out to Moses and say, I thought you were going to make things better for us. I thought you were going to help us get free. And now we're worse off than we were. And so they kind of get in a really bad mood with Moses. I'm not going to read everything, so I'm kind of summarizing some of these passages for us as we go. You know, sometimes it's like that just before you get free. Just before you get free, sometimes that's when it gets the hardest. Because the enemy knows, the devil knows that that you're going to be free that you can get free that Jesus has given it all and so he just wants to make make it as hard as possible so you give up so you give up and say you know what I just I just can't stop this I can't stop this addiction I can't I can't stop this I can't stop this depression, I can't stop this anxiety, I just can't get over this sickness. Whatever it is, he wants you to give up hope and say, okay, it's just not going to happen. I know I heard God, I know he's speaking to me, I know the freedom in Jesus, but I'm just going to give up because it's too hard right now. And so that's what Pharaoh does. You know, of course, Pharaoh is a, a picture of the enemy, of 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 slavery to sin and of of the devil. And so he he makes it harder on the people because he wants them to give up and not trust in the promise of God. Because that's how you get free, is believing the promises of God. Believing what he has said and taking a step of faith and saying, yes, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to trust God until I see the freedom, until I walk out of my Egypt. So it says in chapter 6, let's pick it up, uh, verse 1, of chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of this country. You know, you need to believe that God has a mighty hand. You need to believe that he's going to do what he says he can do. If He says He can set you free, then He's going to set you free. He's strong enough to do it. I mean, that's what you need. If you need freedom, you need someone who's, who can beat the, the enemy you're facing, right? I mean, if you're facing depression, you need someone bigger and mightier than depression. If you need someone bigger and mightier than your sickness, then you need someone bigger and mightier than your unforgiveness or your bitterness or your woundedness, your hurt. You need someone who's bigger and stronger than that enemy in your life. And God says, I'm going to do this with my mighty hand. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Yahweh, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they reside as foreigners. There's God talking about the promise that he gave his people. Moreover, I've heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving. I've remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, here's what you're supposed to say. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you. Some of us need to hear God say that. I will free you. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. In other words, I'm going to reach out and do it. I'm going to to come from where I'm at and I'm going to come to you. I'm going to stretch out my hand. Verse 7, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land I swore with uplifted hands to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as, as a possession. I am the Lord. You know, it's kind of interesting. I never thought about this part before. Is You know, when, when, when the people of Israel came to Egypt, it was more like a family. If you don't remember the story, that's okay. If you don't know the story, that's okay. Uh, basically, there was a, there was a family. A God called a family, a man, and then he formed a, a family. And they were a small family. There was 12 sons, Jacob with his 12 sons, and then their family. He said there was like 70 of them that came to Egypt. And so there were 70 of them. So they were the, the family of God. They were the people of God. It's been 400 years. There's now over a million of them. I mean, think about that. As I said before, this is longer than the United States has existed. That's how long it was. So there's 600,000 men that come out of Egypt, plus women and children. So there's at least a million and a half people, maybe two million people. Do you think that some of them maybe forgot where they came from? Do you think that some of them maybe forgot the, the promise of God? I mean, it's a long time to pass it on. I mean, look at just our country. We don't we don't even know hardly why or what we were founded for. We're, we're kind of off track, right, in so many different ways. And so there's got to be whole groups of them that are like, you know, they don't feel like the people of God. They don't believe the promises of God. They don't know that there's a promised land for them. They've, you know, it's been, it's like ancient history to them. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not real. I mean, can you all, you all think of that? You know, when, when, uh, think about this. I wasn't alive uh, during the Vietnam War. Okay, for some of, who was alive during the Vietnam War, right? Raise, raise your hand. Okay. Again, I'm, I know it's the old thing. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You, some of you, you remember that. Some of you were there, maybe. Or some of you know someone who was there or someone who lost their life there. But you, you remember that. That's a part of your history. I've only read about it in a book. It's not as real to me because I didn't experience it. You know, it's not a part of my personal history. I just, it's, it's only as real as somebody sharing with me and, and the story in a book. If we think about history that happened several hundred years ago for us, it's not super real to us, right? It's like, yeah, George Washington, sure, yeah, he looks cool. I don't know, he was—I'm I mean, sure he was awesome. <laughs> but the reality of his life and what happened is like I can just read about it in the book, but I didn't experience it in my life, and so that's what's happening with the people of God here. They've heard the stories, but it's ancient history. It's just, it's just passed on. They didn't even have a book at that point, most likely. Maybe they had something written down. But it was oral history. They would pass it on. So the stories were passed on. And so it's like it wasn't super real to them. And so when, when Moses is coming to them, hey, this is, good. this is God. And they're like, oh, he's real? Sometimes in our own lives, we just need to be reminded about who God is and who we are in him. We need to be reminded of God's identity and our identity. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're now a child of God. You've been brought from death unto life. You were darkness, and now you're light. You're not a sinner anymore. You're now a saint. You're a child of God. You're not lost. You're now found. You're not dead. You're now alive. You're not hopeless. You now have hope. You're not bound. You're now free. That's your identity in Jesus. But sometimes it's hard to believe. We have to remind ourselves. And we remind ourselves by first of all looking at our God. That He is who He says He is, and that He has made us who He says He's made us to be. Verse 9 says this though. So Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and their harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites won't listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me? Since I speak with faltering lips. I mean, can you hear Moses' heart here? Like, I mean, I told your own people, and they didn't, they didn't believe me. Why is the king going to believe me? why is he going to care what I say? (laughs) You know, sometimes we we find ourselves in so much like oppression or bondage that we can't even hear the truth. Or you might be trying to help somebody. You might be trying to to help somebody along to, to just like, hey, let me show you this. Let me show you the promise of God. Let me show you what in the word of God it says here that you can be free from that you don't have to be bound by that you don't have to live with that you don't have to have that the rest of your life but because of the the weight of the discouragement or what has gone on in their life or the harshness that has come because of that situation or that thing they're dealing with they they can't hear you it's like they, they don't listen but we speak anyway God's going to tell you, just keep, keep doing it. <gasps> keep going. Keep trying. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up when, you, when, you're, when you're walking toward freedom that God is putting before you. Don't give up. Because remember, He's the one that gets to free you. You don't have to free yourself. You just have to follow Him. You just have to trust Him. You just have to walk with Him. You just have to do what the Word says. He Receive what it has for you. So Moses goes and sees Pharaoh. Chapter 7, I think. Here we go. Or end of, end of chapter 6. It says, Now when the Lord spoke to Moses, He said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. There's a brief interruption. There's a commercial with Moses' and Aaron's genealogy. Okay? Uh, maybe I'll make it a song someday. Um, inspiring. Inspiring. Uh, He said, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. But Moses said to the Lord, since I speak with faltering lips, why should Pharaoh listen to me? (laughs) And so God's like probably thinking, we dealt with this, bro. But um, I don't know if God uses the word bro. But uh, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. So you're to say everything I command you, and your brother Aaron's to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt. He will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt with mighty acts of judgment. I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. And Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. So these guys are old too, so all you old people feel good about you're still being used by God, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You're never too old to follow him. Don't you just love it when you see those people who are like, they're in their 90s and they're still like I still love Jesus. I mean, Is not that what you want to be? I mean if you want to live to your 90s, if you want to go to heaven sooner or whatever, you, you you and Jesus can talk about that, but but like yeah, that's what that's what I want right there. These guys are 80 and they're like, "No, we're 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 starting something fresh right now. We're doing something new right now." My I'm not done yet. God's not done with me yet anyway. That's free. That's not in the notes. Um Isn't that awesome? So then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, become a snake. Remember, before it was Moses that threw it down. So now Aaron gets to participate. Um, So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials it became a snake. Now, there's a little bit of a plot twist here. It says, Pharaoh then summoned his wise men and sorcerers. And the Egyptian magicians also did the same thing by their secret magic arts. Each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. I mean, at that point, it's got to get your attention, right? We do have to realize this. One thing is when you're going to start doing things for God, there is power in darkness. It's just not the greatest power. But darkness can only copy. It cannot overcome. Because it says this, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. So they came in staffs, they left staffless. They had to go to Staffs R.S. and get a new one. (laughs) Okay? I'm not sure if Aaron's was like a little bit bigger when he left, like, you know, when he picked this, you know, because he picked it back up, you know, and it became a staff again after it was a snake. I mean, I don't know if it was like a bunch bigger. Like, and they were like, oh, I got a big one now, guys. Watch out. So <sighs> I can really hit you hard with it now. So um, but we don't need to be, fr- sometimes we, you know, the devil will make a show of power in front of us to try to freak us out and stop us from doing what, what God wants us to do. But his power is always the greatest. It's a great picture again. Once again, this is a this is an encounter with who is God. You know, Egypt had all these gods. Egypt had all these things that they were the god of this and the god of that and the god of you know the river and the god of the sun and the god of the moon and the god of fertility and the god of healing and the god of children, you know, for you know, having blessing and money and you know the what? Probably the god of the staffs. <laughs> they had a they had a god for everything, and in that society that and the Lord was coming to show, no, no, I'm the one God. I'm I'm the one who's overall. And so what's going to happen is there's there's going to be ten plugs, and so I want you to put the put the picture there, guy. You uh, you've already got it, so. Uh, so for the next few chapters, what's going to happen is there's Moses is going to go into Pharaoh and he's going to say, let my people go. And if you don't, here's what my God's going to do. And, you know, and the first thing that happens is that you know, I'm going to turn the Nile, the, their source of life, the Nile River, into blood. And it says that then Aaron takes the staff and he sticks it in the Nile River and it becomes blood. But then it says the Egyptian magicians did the same thing. Now I'm not sure how they did that because like it was already blood. Did they stick their staff in and said, hey, we can do it too? I don't know. <laughs> Just one of those questions I have when I'm like, it says they they did the same thing. They practiced their you know dark arts, their, you know, whatever dark demon they were connected with, and they were actually able to produce the same thing. Again, they couldn't ever stop it. <laughs> to me, that's the thing. It's always a sign like, hey, if you would have been impressive if you could have turned it back into water. <laughs> Like, we already turned it into blood. We don't need more blood, guys. So, uh, anyway, the devil is always just trying to copy. He only perverts. He, only take, he cannot create something new. And so, the same thing happens. So, it's got to freak, you know, Moses and Aaron again. Got to be, oh, wait a second. They did that again. And so, again, so then they call frogs out. And it says, guess what? The Egyptian guys are able to call the frogs out, too. They're like, you, we got a bunch of frogs. They're like, oh, we can get some more seems really silly when you, when you i don't know i don't do you all read the bible sometimes like that this is hilarious god's just playing with the devil right now i mean he's just playing with all these these people and say like i am you know and so we don't know exactly which gods this this is something i just found online it says you know so they did the frogs and the gnats something changed at the gnats yeah i don't like gnats man that's disgusting stuff right and it says that the Egyptian magicians were not able to do that. And they went to Pharaoh and said, This is God. <laughs> we need to stop now. But Pharaoh didn't listen to them either. And so there's all kinds of different things. There's the gnats. And there's the flies. And there's the death of the livestock. And there's the boils. And there's the hail. And you can flip it in the next one so I don't mess it up. And then the locusts. And then the darkness. And then the last one, of course, is is the death of the firstborn and and Passover. We're not going to talk about Passover today. Uh, But I I go through this list quickly. Basically, God, Yahweh God, was establishing himself as God over all. You know, they had gods that had frog one, one had, had the frog's head, and, you know, it was they had all these things, and God was establishing his superiority over all the other gods with the ten plagues. There's a few scriptures that even just kind of highlight that, uh, if we could put those on the screen. Exodus 12, 12, it says, uh, God's promising, he says, on that same night I'll pass through Egypt, I'll strike down the firstborn of people and animals, I will bring judgment, what, on all the gods... Of Egypt, for I am the Lord. Exodus fifteen eleven. When they're recounting it, uh, you know, remember they were in a polytheistic society. The people of God were probably even caught up in it with it in some way. So when Moses shows up and says that God, they're like, well, who? Which one? You know? He's like, no, this is the one true God, the God who called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God who promised you, the God over all. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Exodus 18, later when they've gotten out, Moses meets his father-in-law, and he says, he tells his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And then his father Jethro was delighted to hear about this, and he says this, look. He says, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh who rescued the people from the Egyptians. Look, now I know that the lord is greater than all other gods for he did this to those who had treated israel arrogantly and so there was an establishment of lordship in the new testament it's interesting the the description of One of the powerful descriptions of Jesus when he dies on the cross and he rises again is this in Colossians 2 and 15. It says this that he triumphed, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, the other gods, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he was establishing also, once again, his lordship over every other name, over every other God, over every other thing in our lives that would try to be a God or control us in any way. You know, now we don't have, in our society, we don't, we don't name all of our gods the same things like the Egyptians do, but we have them, Right? We have all kinds of gods. We have, you know, there's the God of fear. There's the God of, of greed. There's the God of, uh, you know, power. There's the, there's the God of sex. There's the God of pleasure. There's the God of, of addiction. There's the God of anxiety. There's the God of, of depression. There's, there's the God of disease and sickness. And Jesus wants to come into our lives and establish his lordship, over every other God. He's going to come with an outstretched arm, and he says, I'm coming for you so you can be free, and I want to redeem you with my arm, with my very hand. I want to come myself, and I want to touch you. I want to stretch out and reach my hand to you and deliver you. And I want to let you know that I won the victory over all other names. Over every other thing that's named high. It doesn't matter if they're worshiping Satan in the Grammy Awards and some song has Satan dancing around like I, some, I heard that happen. I don't know. No clue. I don't, didn't even know the Grammys were happening. Uh, hardly know what the Grammys are. But, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things trying to exalt themselves all the time. But we just have to be reminded that Jesus won the victory. And the way he displays his victory is he does things in our lives to show that that thing is not God. That fear is not God. that As we mentioned earlier, that rage is not God. That being out of control with anger does not have to rule my life because that's not the highest God Jesus is. And so I believe this is an invitation. This is an invitation for God to do amazing miracles in our lives. For God to bring amazing freedom in our lives. Now sometimes it's a process like the Israelites, right? They had to to walk a 40-year process to get into the promised land. Oh Jesus, let it not be that long. (laughs) For me <laughs> right but if it has to be that long god's committed to it he'll work in your life as long as he needs to he'll keep at it he'll keep going, coming after you he'll keep speaking truth to you he'll keep bringing people into your lives to say no you can no god will do this he said it he's promised it you can you can have this in your life it's not just for somebody else it's for you you can be free But they had to walk out of Egypt. They had to follow Moses. They had to, they had to trust God. But freedom is available in Jesus. I want you to come up and uh, play again. Maybe the last song. I believe there's a call that God is wanting us to hear today. And we need to respond to it. Brother Saul came to me before service. If you don't know him, he's right over here. Uh, been come to our church here for a couple months now. So he just had a strong sense that that God wants to to release miracles and and bring healing today. And so I believe it. I believe that God wants to do that. I believe He wants to free people from uh, unhealthy thought patterns. I believe He wants to free people from uh, anxiety. I believe He wants to free people from depression, from rage. There's been several things mentioned. Any kind of addictions, any kind of any kind of thing that is trying to Control our lives in any way. Thank you, Lord. So I want us to all stand. Ronnie, would you come up here? Would you come over here and stand with uh, our brother here? body the word of God today has been that he's the number one God so if you need healing you're willing to come over here with brother Ronnie and, and Saul that, that they'd love to pray for that that's kind of the sense he had so I want to give some freedom there uh, for what the Holy Spirit would do but if you just need to come up here maybe you just need to get with God and let, let him do something in your life let, Let's let's get with him today Let's, let's not leave these things here. Let's lay them at the feet of Jesus. Let's, let's submit these things to, him, to, to the lordship of Jesus. That we might see freedom. So if that's you as we sing, why don't you just begin to come right now. Just come on up right now. If you, if you need freedom in whatever area God is speaking to you, just come. If you need to come stand here, if you need to come kneel here. Just come forward right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you've come forward before. It's fine. Come again. We're just saying, oh, God, I'm not giving up hope. I'm still trusting in you, Jesus. I'm believing that what you say is true. And so, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise and honor and glory today. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like you, God, and we, we worship you and give you honor and praise. We bow our hearts to your lordship right now, and we're thanking you for the freedom that you're bringing, thanking you for the deliverance and the healing, God. Whatever you want to do today, we are saying, Jesus, you are here, that over the cross that you triumphed over every other enemy, over every other God. Jesus, you are Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Go ahead, lead us. Thank you, Jesus.